You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Cavaliers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Cavaliers podcast. As always, I am Chris Manning, your host from ForTheSorted.com. Today is Tuesday, November 28th, and we are here to recap the Cavs' win over the Philadelphia 76ers. On Monday in Philly, the Cavs picked up their eighth straight win, beating the Sixers 113-91 in a game where the Cavs set the tone early, continued to push through, and picked up yet another win on this win streak and in a way that they're winning several different ways, which we're going to get into on the show. LeBron James leads the way with 30 points. Dwayne Wade had 15 and two blocks, including a block of one Joel Embiid, who was the best player in the Sixers. Amon Schumper made his return in this game, only played seven minutes, though, as and Jose Calderon started in his place. Um, I, we'll get into them again later, but I thought Kyle Korver, I thought J.R. Smith had good games. The only two Cavs in my mind that really had off nights would be Kevin Love and would be Jake Crowder. As always, we are going to go through the good, the bad, the stat of the game, the and the player of the game as well. It is what next for this team. The good will start with the obvious. The Cavs as a group played another complete game against a good team. I'm of the opinion that the Sixers are a team that, as we look at them right now, when they're healthy, when Embiid's playing well, when Simmons is, is playing well, and when they're getting better production from some of their guys. Um, Robert Covington, for instance, didn't have a good game on, on Monday. This is a team that is good. They are good now. They are, came into Monday 11-7, and seven, as you heard on Monday's show, and they, they played the, strong, the, the hardest schedule in the NBA coming into this game. This is a quality win for the Cavs. In my mind, I think this is probably more impressive than what they did to the Pistons, than eking out their win against the Hornets, than having LeBron stomp out the Nets. In this game, the Cavs defended. They they took away open shots for Covington. They made Simmons' life hard getting into the lane. They they hounded Redick. Uh, they, they did everything you wanted, basically. Everything, and everything they were kind of physically capable of. They hit threes. They withstood pushes from the 76ers where you thought, hey, maybe this game's going to get close and uncomfortable, and then they pushed them down. And then the, the Cavs were able to pull away into the fourth quarter, go midway through the quarter, and ultimately win this game, wrap it up with a couple minutes to go, and get LeBron onto the bench, getting some, sneaking him some rest into the game, and have guys like Jetty Osman, John Holland, Jose Calderon, and Jeff Green finish out the game. This was a statement win. LeBron came out and started doing stuff early. You have to love everything you saw in this game. LeBron is really the big star of this game, and I, I think he set the tempo for what you saw from the Cavs here. You saw him come out and attack. He got to the rim. I think he had the first six points for the Cavs. He he got basically anything he wanted. He hit threes. He was picking his spots. He was, he was doing everything, grooving, and having any kind of success he wanted. Right now on Philly's roster, if you look at how they match up with the Cavs and, and any team, they are missing, I think, a lockdown defender. Now, I think Simmons, for a rookie, is a good defender. He's got the size. He 
has good instincts, and I think he's shown an ability in, in an effort level he didn't when he was in LSU. Um, Derek Bodner, who writes for The Athletic and has covered the Sixers for a long time, is someone who talks about this, but he wasn't ready for LeBron. He, he couldn't handle LeBron's Euro step, which the first one might have been a travel. He couldn't handle the size, the strength. LeBron was too much for him. Covington is a, is a good defender, probably their best defender right now. He's someone who couldn't handle LeBron, and they're just not strong enough and, and couldn't keep him off from getting into the lane. The Sixers have no one that is an answer for LeBron. Few teams do. The Spurs, when Kawhi is healthy, do. The Warriors have Draymond. They have Iguodal, they have, so they have the two guys. The Rockets like to think they do, right? Giannis might be that guy as well. Um, and, and you can look at some other teams. The Wolves you know, have Jimmy Butler. The Thunder have Paul George. Guys that you can say, okay, we can put him on LeBron and we can be comfortable with that. The Sixers don't have that yet. I think that really showed in this game. The other two guys in my mind that really stood out would be J.R. Smith and Kyle Korver. These are the type of guys that when they play well, you see the ball rolls for the Cavs. Things start going really well for them. And it's hard. it becomes harder for... A team like the Sixers, who are good, they're they're about ninth in the league in my power rankings over at Fansided. When Jr. and Kyle Korver play well, this dooms other teams, right? Combined for six threes, both hit them when the Cavs needed them. Jr. in particular hit a couple big ones in the middle of a, I believe, a third quarter Sixers run where he helped push that run back. And they both played solid defense. They both handled their matchups well. They both were in the right spots. It did exactly what the Cavs kind of needed them to do. And this in for JR, this was a step forward. He has struggled. We talked about on the show how he has gotten into rhythms, how he's found good moments for, for the Cavs so far this year. And he, and, but then recently he's had some bad games. Um, has struggled to really find a shot. Now he, he missed a couple bad ones, but the ones he hit were in succession. He looked in rhythm. He looked comfortable. A little concerned that he might have hurt his leg in this game, but it seems like he's fine. Um, also, his cousin passed away per a report from cleveland.com on on Monday morning. So maybe his head's not all the way there. And, you you know, condolences to the Smith family on, on their loss. Um, but I think Jair was better in this game. I think building on this for him, 3-5-3, good defense, exactly one front from him. And Corver had, had tied Jeff Green for the best plus-minus on the team at plus 25. He has been so good for this team, just one of the most consistent players on this team. And you have to love what you've gotten from him. And, and he kind of crushed the Sixers, who just gave him a little bit of room, and he made them pay. And before we continue here, I want to let you know that you need to check out the Locked On NBA podcast. That is hosted by David Locke. He is the founder of this network. He's the play-by-play radio voice for the Utah Jazz. And he has the biggest NBA stories covered every day on his podcast. It is a must listen. Um, you're going to play a quick preview here from his conversation with the host of Lockdown Grizzlies about the David Fisdale firing. Um, I think you guys will definitely enjoy that. And you can hear me on there as well this week talking about Derek Rose, talking about what's going with the Cavs. So play that clip and then we'll get back to the podcast. Could this the be be the beginning of a road that leads to a Gasol trade and starts a full out rebuild for the Memphis Grizzlies? I always kind of thought after last year that it would be either Mark or Fisdale. You know, an eight-game losing streak could balloon to, like, something crazy if they don't get this fixed ASAP. And very few coaches can survive when things aren't going well and you reel off a, you know, a double-digit losing streak. So it may lead to a Gasol trade. It may lead to Fisdale being fired. I, it's, I think it's a coin flip at this point 
uh, which one of those is more likely. So that was David Locke and Peter Edmondson from Lockdown Grizzlies. Thank you guys. We'll get really good insight from that podcast. Go check that out. You can find that on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Dwayne Wade, another good thing, looks very comfortable running the second unit, creating shots for others, finding a rhythm for other players. 5-12 for him is is not a good shooting night. It's it's fairly bad, especially because he missed two shots kind of at the rim, two gimmies. I mean, the one that he just clanked when the Cavs seemed to miss three shots in a row. I think it was LeBron Wade Fry in that order. But he, again, looks comfortable, looks in rhythm running the team's second unit. There's a list of players that Matt Moore tweeted out that just have, have a positive net defensive rating with Dwayne Wade on the floor, and, and you're seeing him just play really, really well. I, I think he had bad moments in this game. I think he had bad stretches. I do think this is a guy that is really settling into his role, looks more and more comfortable, and is providing positive things for this group. Um, I think you you have to like what you're seeing from him. And he blocked Joel Embiid. Uh, maybe the best shot-blocking guard of all time is Dwayne Wade, and he blocked Joel Embiid in this game. It was aggressive. He's aware on defense. You have to like what you see from him. Jeff Green is just a shout-out as well. He was really, really solid coming off the bench. Corver again, good solid coming off the bench. Um, and Channing Fry. Channing Fry is an unsung hero in this team. I think you you heard me talk about how he's really been useful coming off the bench. He's, he's provided spacing. And in this game, with the Cavs not having really anyone to defend Embiid, he defended he pulled Embiid from the three-point line and, and battled at least enough to make it work, and he hit threes. This is all you could ask of Channing Fry. It's he's dirt, I think in my mind graded on a slightly different scale than a Kevin Love or something like that. But he provides spacing. He he, he really did battle Embiid, and I think you're liking what you're getting out of him. I think he played about as well as you could have hoped. Um, I tweeted, you know, I, I R.I.P. Channing Fry when he entered the game again, and it was guarding Embiid. But he did okay, and he and Bede has a habit of settling for bad shots sometimes, and and Fry got him to kind of settle for those, and and you know he had his moments, and he physically overpowered Fry at times, but you can live with what Fry did um, against Embiid in this game. Now to move on to the bad, just a couple things here, not not a ton in my mind that is bad in this game, nothing really concerning. I do think this was a very good effort again. I think this might be the most impressive effort of this eight-game win streak. I think it's certainly better than that Pistons game. The Cavs have had an Embiid problem in this game. He had a big night, had a big second half in particular. They just don't have anyone to match up with his size, and that's not a problem against the teams you think they'll be playing in the playoffs when it matters this year. You know, you're not going to see the Nuggets with Jokic. You're not going to see... The Wolves or the, or the King or the excuse me the the Pelicans or the 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 Knicks right, the Warriors have good bigs. They are not this type of big. Your Houston doesn't have these type of bigs, right? Stephen Adams, if if the Thunder somehow made it, you know he can, he I think Tristan can in love can can do well in that match. Even if if I love Stephen Adams, I think he's an absolute beast. You can you can make that work with what you're going on there, but I think what Embiid kind of showed is that the Cavs will struggle against some of this stuff. I think they did a relatively good job with him, but his size was kind of overwhelming, and when Fry pulled him away from from the from the paint, he was able to recover and create these issues. And, and he in one in one instance he nullified Kevin Love on the boards, and Love had basically no impact on the glass in this game, and that's a problem, and I, and I think the Cavs overcame it. I think. Their talent won out in this game, but I, I think just looking at how Embiid impacted them, 
that was something that I think kept the Sixers in it until the Cavs broke it open late. Uh, speaking of Love, you know, not his best game. I think he he did as well as you could have hoped against um, Embiid. You know, he had the one actual strip uh, that should have been a steal that, that they called a foul on him, and you know, he hit two threes in the second half that really were good threes and kept the rhythm going for the offense and. He got those open threes that you kind of want him to take. And look, if he makes two more threes in this game, he's 4-7 instead of 2-7. of seven. Maybe they break the game open in the first half and you feel better about where they, they are. But I, I don't I love it's just physically going to have a really hard time against a guy like Embiid who's just seven foot, over 7 foot, um, much bigger in weight, even if their listed, listed weight is, is fairly close together. And he's just not going to have a ton of success in some of the stuff he likes to do. You didn't see, for instance, the Kevin Love post-ups you normally would in this game, right? You, you especially in the beginning of the game and, and in the third quarter and in some other lineups, you see Kevin Love post-ups. You didn't get that really in this game. You saw Kevin Love really there to pull and beat out from the three-point line, um, out to the three-point line, excuse me, and to create spacing. And with this game, you saw the Cavs just basically abandon Love post-ups and and because Embiid was there, and that's fine. You kind of have to do that. I I, I, th- I said this yesterday. I think the that's a black hole offense if you're going to do that, but you know, you'll know you see what that gets you. Um, as a reminder, you should go on iTunes, subscribe to Locked on Cavs, and leave us a five-star rating and review. It is the best way for you to support the podcast, and we appreciate it immensely. If you go on iTunes today, leave that five-star rating and review and help other people find the show. Greatly appreciate everyone that has submitted reviews already. Um, that participated in our contests and uh, we you the show is about you and i hope you guys love it and i want to hear your feedback good or bad in those reviews but if you love the show five star rating and review best way to support the show and i cannot thank you enough for going and take your time to do that uh, the other the other two things that i i think were troublesome in this game jake jake crowder not great i think he did good on simmons good enough at least did make it offensive impact uh, his feet weren't scoring three pointers kind of aggressed in that Martin. At least he's looking more confident still, but I thought he could have been a lot better. It was just kind of average. And then and we'll see what's up with the Mont Shepard. Only seven minutes for him. Maybe the knee's bothering him. We'll kind of see what that what that says about him going forward. Because he had thought he did a couple good things in his minutes um, on the floor, the, the few he did play, but we'll see what's up with him in the coming days. Next, we go to player of the game. That's LeBron James. There's nobody else. They had no answer for him. He toyed with them a little bit. He is the answer to everything they throw at him, and I think you have to like what he did for this team, what he will continue to do for this Cavs team. And in against teams like the Sixers, he is a difference maker into the tenth bajillionth degree. And this is a guy who no team that they're really going to go against. It isn't Golden State, I think, and, and probably and maybe Houston and and whatnot. They do not have an answer for him, and you see how important it is in a game like this. All the little stuff, the, the chasing shooters off the line, the putting an effort on defense, the knowing where to go, that all matters. 100% matters. You want to, the Cavs to continue doing that. But at the same time, LeBron James disrupting the stuff, disrupting Covington's night, getting him in foul trouble, making Simmons not have as much of an impact because he just made Simmons a de- defensive liability in this game, that is a game changer. And LeBron was just so good in this game. And look, he, I mean, even that three hit at the end of the first half, <laughs> He missed it, gets the rebound, flicks it in. Him and Isaiah get that little handshake, and it was really cool. Uh, to just see him camp off the half like that. And he, had, he was just incredible in this game. 
Uh, Stat of the game, Cavs get 25 assists in this uh, on Monday against the Sixers on 41 field goals. They moved the ball well, fed the open shooters. This is a better version of the Cavs. I think it's something they can continue to do even when IT gets back. You have to like when they move the ball like this and they're getting open looks and taking advantage of those open shots and not just settling for contested jumpers. LeBron's going to make those. He had a couple of nice uh, attempts in isolation, including one against Embiid. But when this team moves, it gets other guys involved. It makes the offense harder to guard, and it takes a lot of pressure off LeBron. I mean, and something Wade, I think, has done really well is keep the ball moving on second units. So that'll be it for today's show. We will be back tomorrow after the cast with the Heat. Again, appreciate everyone who has listened. Please go give, leave that five-star rating interview on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Cavs Heat, 7 p.m. tomorrow. I'll be doing a halftime show on Fear the Sword's Facebook page. We'll be checking in before the game and maybe doing one after the game as well to kind of touch on what's going on with this team right now um, and talk to you guys on Facebook Live. Like Fear the Sword's Facebook page and do that, and we'll chat then. And we'll have a full podcast up on Wednesday about the game. But this has been Locked on Cast for Tuesday, November 28th. I'm Chris Manning. Find me on Twitter at CWM Rights. Thank you for listening to this episode of Locked on Cavaliers.